This is a Holomonth special bonus edition of Judaism Unbound. Unbounding Elul. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dan Liebenson. And I'm Lex Rofberg. Welcome back to our Elul mini episodes. This is our fourth and sadly final one. We want to welcome back Wendy Lash. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. And we are in this final episode going to explore our fourth of four weekly themes. And this is sort of the weekly theme that I think for many is the the whole month's theme. It's the idea of forgiveness, of atonement. Um, that's what we are looking at today. And really something that has undergirded a lot of the resources that we've sent out. Because in sort of the process of introspection and looking inward, I think there's also a process of examining really all of what's happened in the past year, including things that have been hard for us, things that might require us to forgive, things that might require us to ask forgiveness. So that's what we're going to explore today. And also we're going to ask some other big ticket questions around forgiveness, including should we forgive? Like, is this whole process of forgiveness in and of itself always the right choice? So we're going to explore those kinds of questions and we're excited to do so. We saved the best for last, didn't we? Forgiveness is what people think about in terms of preparing for the High Holy Days and for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it can be the biggest stumbling block too. Like, really? I, I don't know how to forgive or I don't want to forgive or is it even my responsibility to forgive? They did something to me. And here we are looking at it after people have had a chance to hopefully play around in a little and feel the sense of this is, a, this is for you. This is, this is for you and not so much about the other person. And I, I invite us to look at forgiveness that way too, that there's layers of it. And Judaism and Elul in particular is about looking at those first couple of layers so that the final big layer you're prepared for. First layer, forgiving yourself and how that changes you. And the second layer of forgiving others that you're in relationship with and then coming to Yom Kippur asking for forgiveness from God or with God and you know this also surfaces that whole big G word God that has lots of baggage and letting go of that baggage because it's just a placeholder and another thing that I've been thinking about is you know since the word forgiveness also has a lot of baggage with it that maybe a the way to enter into the, this forgiveness process in a very gentle way is to just substitute the word relationship for forgiveness. So if I'm going to look at layers of forgiveness, I could say, how am I being in relationship with myself? How can I be in better relationship with myself? How am I in relationship with others? How can I be in better relationship with others? And how can I be in better relationship with this oneness, this beingness that many people call God? It's hard for me. So a, a lot of what you just named is hard for me. So first, um, you're right to bring up the baggage of God because I think that um, as much as forgiveness is interpersonal in in this context, we're looking we're looking to figure out you know people that we might want to ask for forgiveness or people that we could forgive. Um, there is this sense that it's like a preamble to the God reckoning, the the forgiveness. The, the great capital F forgiveness of, of you know, being in synagogue on high holidays and, and sort of 
having that there. And I, I don't know what I think about that. I don't know if the God that I, that I connect to sometimes, um, there's also plenty of times I don't, but the, the, when I do, I'm not sure that that God does verbs like forgive. Like it's, it's hard for me to think of what that means. Um, but at the same time, I still do think that there is this huge value in having an annual moment to take on forgiveness, whether it's capital F or lowercase f, in a big way. And I also think that there's, it's worth mentioning the word atonement. So atonement, like we associate with Yom Kippur, and I think it also looms in this forgiveness process. When I hear atonement, I think of sort of getting to some sort of equilibrium, like getting from out of whack to in whack. Um, but a few years ago, I heard a teaching from somebody, I wish I remembered who, where they, they read atonement not merely as that, but as at one mint. Um, so like put a little hyphen between the at and the O-N-E and you get at one mint. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. And as we've sort of been awkwardly situating these bonus episodes with our main Judaism Unbound episodes about God and what God is and what one God means and what monotheism means, like having oneness and the idea of sort of connecting everything into one and sort of gathering ourselves this time of year into something that is unified, all these one words I can think of, I think it's worthwhile. And I also wanted to throw out as a question, should we, like, should the premise be that we always forgive? Are there moments where we should actually take this month to say, you know what, there's certain things that we shouldn't forgive, maybe not eternally, but maybe not yet. Lex, I'd love to jump in on that one, just because it relates to something that I've been thinking about in terms of that God question. You know, that for me, the whole being forgiven by God is, is not of a great consequence. You know, I'm not really looking for that. I don't really think that's going on. But what's really interesting to me and, and what really pulls me in is our stories about God from the past, which I think were about a really deep human yearning to be forgiven. And I think that something that really speaks to me about all the God stuff is the idea of the traditional idea of walking in God's ways, or I think in Latin, that's imitatio dei. And it's the idea that we should be as we imagine God is. And so I think in the Jewish tradition, it's things like just as God buried the dead and that God buried Moses, so too we should bury the dead. You know, just as God does X, so too we should do X. And what really speaks to me about this season is the idea that as we need to be forgiven, as we hope that someone will forgive us, whether that someone is God or just other people from whom we yearn to be forgiven, that I think that this is our opportunity to step up and to forgive, even when that's not comfortable. Not always, because I think there are times when the way in which God should forgive is probably also limited. So too should our capacity to forgive be limited. And yet, I am drawn to the idea that we should, at this season, push ourselves to forgive as much as we possibly can, just as we would yearn to be forgiven for some transgressions that we may have done against God or against others that are kind of just on that borderline of, you know, hard to forgive. I absolutely have seen both in my life and in people that I have been supporting and mentoring, you can't forgive when you're not ready to forgive. So to forgive just because you have to and there's a time date, you're not really forgiving. I remember I was on a um, meditation retreat and one of my mentors, Sylvia Borstein, it was like there was a family member and I was 
this is a difficult person day. You're supposed to be giving them meditating and sending love to the quote unquote difficult person. And I like to translate as the person that I have difficulty with because they're not inherently difficult. I just have difficulty with them. And I knew I was going to forgive this person in my life, but I was not ready. And I just couldn't. And so at some point just saying, I want to, but I can't, this is really hard. That's part of the process. And I also believe that this comes back to one of the ways that we can think about God is the collective unity from a very mystical, Kabbalistic sense of um, we're not individuals. And science tells us this over, you know, it's meeting where spirituality is, has been for a while, thousands of years, that we're all connected. So if I'm holding something that affects me and causes pain and I've got resentment and I'm walking around it absolutely affects all the people in my sphere. And then those people affect all the other people that are in their sphere. So how can we meet the other? How can we you know, let go of what we're holding on to so that we can invite the other to let go of what they're holding on to? Part of where I'm coming from on all this is that we, we have all these prayers about forgiveness and, all the, and, and this time of year where we do that, but also in the daily... I mean, look, whether any of us on this call or most of our listeners are saying the traditional Hebrew liturgy every day is, I mean, probably there are more people who don't do that every day than those who do. But um, in the daily liturgy, there is a prayer called Salach Lanu. It's the same language as much of the High Holiday Hebrew um, that's asking, that's about forgiveness. So it's actually... I would argue an assertion that like as much as you have this one time of year to do this where like we really do do a grand accounting of our past both and both how we need forgiveness ourselves and how we could give it to others um and who might be hardest to give to uh there's also this sense I think that like you're not going to do all of it because if you did all of it now you wouldn't need that daily forgiveness thing like we we would just cut that out and have some other blessing in that spot of the the Amidav, the, the core of the central daily service. So like, I think that we should absolutely, as both of you said, sort of look to forgive to our maximum, but also like really, really acknowledge that like, not only is it okay for that maximum to not be 100%, but like it seems to be built in to how the calendar year was structured that like we're not going to actually do all of it and we're going to need to do forgiveness just like on a day-to-day basis a, a rabbi of mine told a story once where somebody said a blessing at like over food that they had already said he was at like a meal and like they said the blessing over the food and then like he forgot that he said it and he said it again and so like that's technically a blessing in vain and that's like a, a big no-no if, if i mean um we could have different opinions on how bad a thing that is i don't see it as such a big infraction but the person who this who did this really took it seriously and immediately like ex- got up from the table went to the corner and like 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 asked for forgiveness um i'm holding my wrist and like pounding my chest in the way you do serving some of the forgiveness prayers and as much as i don't really think that's the thing we necessarily need forgiveness for. I think there's something beautiful in like, actually, this is something that pops up all the time, every day, not just one time of year. So I wanted to throw that in, in addition to recognizing that we have an opportunity to make this time of year one of forgiveness too. Lex, I just want to add to what you're saying that 
I kind of wish that there was a daily prayer that was slach lahem, right? <laughs> Forgive them, right? That we should be like praying to ourselves in the same intense and repetitive way that we should forgive rather than only that we should be forgiven. And it's not that we should do one instead of the other, but I'd love to see sort of a new layering onto the experience of Judaism as a whole and to the experiencing of this season that we would not only be looking to others or looking to some other to give us what we so yearn for, but that we also would be sort of begging ourselves to be brave enough and to be willing enough to give the forgiveness that others need. And that also would be redemptive for us if we were able to give that forgiveness. And I, and I wonder what it would look like if we sort of reoriented our Judaism to bring that in as just as significant of a line as, as the other. It's, I think, hardest actually to give forgiveness to ourselves and to let ourselves go. We've got these stories about how somebody's done something to us, but we're the ones that are holding on to it. We're the ones that have decided to pick up the baggage and keep walking with it and carry it around and it's heavy burden. And maybe the other person will never do their reaching out to us, but the only place that we have the ability to respond to is what we're carrying around. So it starts with us and then I really do believe that it opens the pathway to others if they see that we're um, letting go of our side of it, that maybe they're more open to letting go of their side of it. I was thinking about, you know, we talked about Alul as being behavior change technology, and maybe what we're really talking about is individual pain management, because if we're carrying around some pain, you know, what's the prescriptive that we need to let go of that pain? And what we know about the way that the body holds pain is we don't heal as well when we're really holding on to that pain. And that's what pain medicine is for, so that we can actually engage our body's organic healing mechanism. So a little forgiveness can be this way that we're taking uh, our medicine so that we all feel better. That's a really cool analogy. And I, I have another one to to throw out there and maybe sort of arc towards our clothes. But um, we've talked about baggage a bunch. And I, I was thinking about this literally, uh, like my mind wandered to airports and like literally checking baggage um, because there's all this, there's all this interesting discussion about these, let's, let's call them, uh, I don't want, I don't know what the right phrasing, but like lower fare, uh, lower luxury airlines um, that, you have to pay even to carry on a bag. So like the, the tickets are less, but then there's all these sort of smaller prices. And I, I took a flight on Spirit Airlines, She probably the most well-known of these. And um, Valerie and I were going to Las Vegas, you know, fun times. And we noticed that there were all these fees for carrying more baggage. And the end result was I brought way less stuff. And I was all nervous that I was going to need to like get things there. And the, but like, actually, I really didn't need half of what I would have packed anyway. Maybe we need Spirit Airlines Judaism. I don't know. Like, I'm not endorsing Spirit Airlines. I think there's a lot of heinous things that some of these companies do, really all airlines. But um, I think that policies that encourage us or even force us to carry around less baggage might be worth a second look. I really appreciate the suitcase, luggage, airport traveling metaphor, Lex, because we, you know, where have we overpacked our lives and where do we want to 
let go of some things so that they're, you know, the suitcase is lighter, we can travel more efficiently, we can have a, a better time in our life without carrying this stuff on our back through airports and schlepping around the world. I'll invite Sylvia Borstein in. She says this wonderful thing. She said, if we stopped and think about how challenging it is to be a human being, how could we not have compassion for ourselves and others? And so I think it, all of a little distills for me down to that of being kind to ourselves and being as kind as we can be to others and recognizing that we're all going to mess up and we're all going to miss the mark. The world needs more compassion and love. We all need more self-compassion and self-love. And I want to thank you as we're coming to the closing of our time together for allowing me to be on this journey with all of you, on the journey with the Judaism Unbound listeners. Already made some great connections with people and looking forward to more and looking forward to our last gathering and beyond. Wendy, thank you so much for that. that that's the only response. I mean, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, and just Thank you for joining us for all of these. And uh, well, like, who knows? There, like, I hope that there are more opportunities in the future for us to bring you on, for us to to work on on projects like this. So thank you. And um, we are going to close out this episode. But as we do, I want to just remind you that we're not quite done with Elo Unbound. This is the last mini podcast. So for those of you that have been primarily listening your way through, this is the last audio that we're going to have, but but there's a few more emails coming out this week uh, with all of our various categories. We've got our LOL, our jokes, we've got our videos, we've got all that. And then Friday, uh, this last Friday of the month of Elul will be our final Zoom gathering. We really hope that you'll be able to make it. Uh, there's information about it on our website. And if you come, it would really just mean a lot to us if you could share what this month was for you, like how we played into it, how your own practices, your own creativity played into it. That would all go a long way towards helping us as we figure out what the heck this Elul month is in the future and what Elul Unbound is. And also, I think, just help figure out the potential that this month has and sort of weave it into something a little bit more coherent that could speak to more and more people. So thanks to all of you who have joined us. Please be in touch with us as always. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or email. Our email address for this is elul, E-L-U-L, at judaismunbound.com. And really, come to our Zoom gathering. We'd love to talk face-to-face, even though it will be URL to URL. And uh, with that, this has been Judaism Unbound.